0: We are Community Radio Kilkenny City, 88.7 FM.
1: Community Radio Kilkenny City, keeping you company on 88.7 FM.
2: You're listening to Kilkenny Today with Maurice O'Connor on Community Radio Kilkenny City.ie. Good afternoon and welcome to another Kilkenny Today with myself Morris O'Connor here with you again given that it's a Friday and uh, quite a pleasant looking Friday it's been so far anyway and it looks like as if the weather is going to be good for the weekend which is great and we'll get on to a look at that uh, via measures website in a little while later on during the show. Um, we'll also be hearing from uh, Tom Halpin, the Head of Communications for the Sustainable Energy Authority of Ireland. Uh, That's is a nice and that could have very easily done with um, being included on uh, the big jump there earlier on, and thanks to Orla and Darren for that. Um, and as I say, uh, we could have had Tom Halpin on because he's... Uh, I chatted to him earlier on today about uh, how to save money, save fuel and save some carbon emissions while driving around the country with all the staycationing that we're all doing at the moment. So um, we'll uh, catch up with Tom Halpin later on. We'll also be hearing from Stephanie Hanlon um, from the Carlo Kilkenny United Against Racism Group, and, uh, of course, Stephanie's involved with People Before Profit as well. Um, there was a great plug, as you might have noticed there, from um, Orla and Des and their guest, uh, Emma Jeffcock for uh, Thomastown. And, of course, uh, no doubt my first guest on the, today's show will be very familiar with the, the development of Thomastown because his organisation, I think, has been played a, a strong role in that over the years. And uh, w- uh, welcome to studio, Declan Rice, uh, Chief Executive Officer of Kilkenny Leader Partnership. Uh, lovely to talk to you, Declan. Thanks, thanks. very much, Morris. Appreciate it. Um, you, the opportunity. So you, yeah, it is. It is. Uh, Thomas Stone, as I say, just before we move off, at um, the lads there on the big jump, um, giving it a big shout out with uh, Emma Jeffcock and her shop there. Um, it was one of the places where Leader had a big role in. I think wasn't it on the whole the development of the. The, the village and her town as whichever you call it over the years yeah,
3: well, yeah you're getting trouble for saying village anyway
2: Thomas <laughs> <laughs> town the town right enough uh,
3: yeah, yeah. No, we, no we definitely we, we have had uh, I, I think in, in a lot of places there, there would have been I suppose at least uh, over the last uh, ten years uh, half dozen qu- uh, quite ser- uh, significant projects. And others in the pipeline as we are now, and then also a, a lot of them um, we've seen this minor projects so certainly less money, but every bit is important. So you know we would have been, we would have had a role in the development of the, pool the, the contribution towards the the actual uh, development, as in physical development, but also the planning and the, the working through of the the various relationships needed to go on there, and GC Leisure, uh, the, the, the community company which operates the, the sports. Uh, there on the, on, on the school in Gwynnan College, or uh, on the, the hall, of course, the concert hall, uh, the School of Food. Um, and w- lots more, lots more out
2: there mm. so having having got um the likes of thomastown and and other places around the county kind of up and running and very firm footing and done lots of stuff um Castle Comer as well is another place that comes to mind, um you've kind then moved on in a, in a sense, um and specifically I suppose next week you're you're running an event called Smart Villages. um tell us what what what's uh, what's the concept or the idea behind what a smart village should or could be?
3: Well, that's an interesting one. It's a mirror, I suppose, really from Europe, the concept, uh, which was sort of the antidote, you might say, to uh, smart cities, which has been much talked about for the last decade or so. And the context of large cities, uh, the idea was uh, of digital connections and transport and things like that. And it was felt in Europe and and certainly some parts of Central Europe that there wasn't the the equivalent uh, sort of initiative looking at smaller towns and villages. Uh, I should say in... European context what we would call a town is definitely a village you know we we, we, and what we would call a village would probably be a hamlet for for them so there's a difference in scale Uh, but I don't think anybody uh, is too fussed about the size of uh, these villages or towns the important thing is they were rural they weren't they weren't cities they weren't large conglomerate cities and really initially started looking at similar ideas you know digital connection broadband all of that all of which is very really important, I and mean, we, we would see with mathematics in any way. I think the whole COVID uh, experience has taught us the value of digital sort of connection. But there's more than that, and the aforementioned transport links and mobility uh, and the effect that has on all sorts of issues of sustainability, both from the point of view, social, environmental, all of us, uh, is in there, as is smart thinking and imaginative thinking. Uh, and really, what we're we, this initiative started about two years ago in Europe, And I suppose it it, it wandered around for a while trying to find its its feet. Uh, It would have started when Commissioner Phil Hogan, as he was then, Commissioner for Agriculture, would have have initiated and given some support to it initially. Uh, We would have been involved uh, almost, uh, by happenstance, we, we got invited into a number of meetings, some of them online before online meetings were popular. (laughs) <laughs> not mm-hmm. sort of popular but they're certainly commonplace now uh, and also meetings in places like Brussels um, you know uh, and elsewhere we've had a number of those with some colleagues and we I suppose at first we were a bit puzzled about where this was going but where it's going is influencing influencing uh, funding policy for where the money goes that's why it's important okay. and we, we think it's important that uh, Irish and particularly county communities be aware of that and I suppose themselves up to take full advantage of that it will influence the likes of the new leader program which will probably start forming in 2023 Uh, and other programs as well Uh, they'll be looking at um, villages and towns particularly but also uh, other parts of uh, the the rural rural demographic
2: Right, so, b- so back to the event um, then. It's next Thursday afternoon at uh, Ballykeith Amphitheatre, which is very um, apt, appropriate uh, venue for yourselves because you've, you've obviously supported it in the past uh, at the afternoon, yeah. 4 o'clock. Um, is it an informational thing or more of a yeah. workshop-type format? It, or it's, mix both, both? it's both. It's
3: both. It, it, it's informational and we hope entertaining as well. Uh, so we're, we're hoping, you know, it's part of this, this was planned. Uh, we planned six of these events over a period of 18 months back in February, January, February, obviously COVID got in the way of it. Uh, and so a couple of them were still taking place, haven't taken place. I the other how they let us reimagine them. So we're doing this outdoors. We might have done somewhere in a community hall or a hotel or whatever in in, in, in normal circumstances. So it'll be hopefully more COVID, uh, fr- COVID friendly, but COVID appropriate. Uh, and it will, uh, it will have some speakers who have... Uh, can Give some particular advice, experts if you want, but also uh, local uh, people from around the area who have done things which they might not themselves realize are really smart, but they are. And the aforementioned Ballykeep is an example of that mm, because Ballykeith, so. yeah, that, that started uh, a project whereby people had a problem. They had this old quarry, you know, which was a dumping ground. What do you do with it? Now you can complain or whatever else about it, but they had the imaginative idea of developing a cultural space. They got some expert advice in but a lot of the heavy lifting and thinking about it and working on it was done by themselves um, we were there from the start and happy to support them for through that thinking phase and planning phase and then the capital phase but it, it's great to see where they are now and you know that, that there's an example of something of lateral thinking you know now not everybody as i say has a quarry you know but you don't have to have a quarry it's the way of thinking about things which is important so you have other places like, you know, where they are looking at the digital connection and looking at the digital hubs or broadband connection and doing it for themselves. That's one thing which is very important to bear in mind. The National Broadband Plan, even when it happens, and it probably will happen, but it will not It will not actually include the smaller towns and villages. They are explicitly outsiders because they are deemed to have a, a, on the, the planning which took place about Six seven years ago, now so, have an adequate standard of broadband. So
2: they're so kind so, of left to the mercies of the commercial operators.
3: Yeah, exactly. And they and and the commercial operators will only go there if there's a payload, and there really isn't a payload in uh, normal census for the smaller towns and villages. So you know, your county city probably will, will eventually uh, be a completely did uh, fibre to the, the premises, and fibre to the premises is the only future proof solution. So mm. smaller places who have maybe maybe qu- quite good. Uh, connections in normal circumstances will find themselves left behind because they, if they if they are on uh, less than fibre premises, they will by their very nature. It's like being on, uh, you know, um, how would how would you say, a generator as opposed to mains electricity. You know, a lot of things will operate yeah, with it, yeah. but it's that
2: bit less optimum. I suppose you know? that, was, that was one of the things I was going to come on to because it's obviously kind of a challenge to the development, uh, economic development in general, regardless of whether it's given a smart village label or not, the whole broadband piece. But um, the, on the, the flip side on the positive side of that, before we get back, maybe back to that and other challenges uh, to to the whole concept, um, Declan, how, how would you describe the kind of the potential um, in whatever terms you like economic or social or whatever uh, of the whole smart villages concept if it was kind of if we're to be kind of rolled out and become commonplace in the in the smaller towns and villages around the county here
3: oh, well, I, th- I, th- I think it's very significant David it, 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 European policy is actually followed through with national policy Uh now uh, I'm very happy to say that, that a former board member in KLP Malcolm, uh, Malcolm Noonan Minister of State for Heritage and Lecture Reform will be there and Malcolm you know understands what we're about uh, I think one of the one of the frustrations sometimes is that you might get you might get an, uh, uh, a European policy, you, which is uh, I suppose devolved down to, to to national state level for implementation. That often doesn't happen in a way which is uh, in in line with what was expected originally, or it comes late, or it comes out resources, and then by the time it reaches local level, it can be you know a, a slightly different or a very different animal. So we we would need to think in terms of smart cities and towns, not just about buildings, not just about structures. You know, important and all as they are, and they are important. The public realm is very important, and we do a lot of funding of, of buildings. But what's also important, our systems, uh, the cultural sphere is very important, Very important to the county city. We realize now, without our arts festival, without our, without, our, without our comedy festival, without our music festivals, how much of a oh, that, 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 uh, part of that is to us. That's equally important in rural areas. All of maybe slightly less glamorous events, but nonetheless important. Mm. Culture is important. Environment is becoming increasingly important. We, we realise now during COVID the importance of having recreation near to us, you know? Mm. The, the, and there's so little of it, really. In a countryside with intensive farming, it's understandable that, you know, whereas before people could wander across headlands or whatever else, and there was marginal land where nobody minded too much, that really can't happen anymore. So you have to plan for, for for recreation. So all of these things, you know, have to be planned for. These are beyond just buildings. They're beyond just uh, you know the look of a place. Important as that is, mm-hmm. it's beyond even the economics of it. Mm-hmm. But if a place isn't isn't pleasant to live and work in, uh, you know, um, it won't thrive. You know, mm-hmm. you 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 will have the equivalent uh, of uh, you know dormitory towns or villages. Not because everybody is going is is actually you know moving to to uh, cities to to I suppose it's the opposite of a Dartmoor. I suppose people will you know will, will maybe maybe have some level of activity, economic activity, but they won't see there's been a place which is worth yeah, living in.
2: Yeah. And what about something like um, Declan? Planning policy or the role of planning policy in in underpinning or kind of driving a concept like smart villages.
4: Um, yeah, you know, important. Planners
2: have a big have a big say generally in terms of how things are developed. There's the, there are the county, and the local area development plans, and all of that. Um, no, they do. Should there be yeah. should there be a kind of some, some something, or would you be kind of suggesting to something to the to the council to the planners that of a change in tack, or even just to more better enforcement of of existing um, you know, well, I'm frameworks? not frameworks? Be-
3: I'm making any specific changes in TAC currently, because I think, like everybody else, I'm I'm trying to get a grip of of this. We're hoping this will influence our our planning uh, post-2022 with the new plan. And I I, I really don't want to give any, uh, you know, where we we want to be. But I would say this, I think it's inevitable in the context of the changes that that planners are, are going to change the way they look at things. Uh, both from the point of view of what they were happy to see happen before, uh, and what they what they uh, you know weren't happy to see happen before. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you, there's everything from the likes of. I it mean, isn't that long ago that solar panels were regarded as being anathema to planning. You know, and uh, you know, <laughs> people often you yeah, know yeah. W- w- weren't were allowed to erect them. Now it's almost a rigor. You know, yeah, it, you it, have it, to, it is. You
2: have to, hear. Yeah.
3: You have to do it. So people's policies uh, you know do do, do change, and that, that applies to institutions like the council as well. and of sure. course they take their direction and do a large part from what comes down from uh, from from national government. Yeah. and you would hope that the the framework was in place to allow people to realize their own potential. I think a lot of this is about people re- being allowed and facilitated to realize their own potential. the bottom up, it's well and good to have top-down initiatives. That can provide a framework, or a facilitatory, or you know, a climbing frame, if you want. But you have to allow people to do their own, to do their own planning and claim it as themse- themselves, and to, to shape it the way they want within that framework.
2: And just while you're on, as well, I noticed in the press release, Declan, um, kind of a, a, at the end, uh, for, and uh, almost nearly like as if it's an afterthought, but I'm sure it wasn't. You did mention the fact that, or it does, the press release does that there's a two and a half million fund available to invest in community projects. Um, uh, this year that you still have, um, kind of, well, maybe it's not in the light of the Covid that it, that that amount of money is still there. But um, what type of projects are you kind of willing to, or is it possible to, for that money to be uh, spent on?
3: Well, it's on a wide range of projects. But we will we will privilege things which uh, can, can uh, I suppose. Uh, create employment retain employment uh, and i suppose uh, stimulate economic uh, and social activity but there's no we we are not uh, setting too many boundaries on that but there are certain things we would think would, within the county uh, you know our opportunities uh, some of those are well known the creative sector you know, food, uh, tourism, but there were, would it be, there would be areas which are slightly more difficult to develop. You know, the sustainable energy, renewable energy uh, se- sector. You know, uh, in people, p- uh, businesses, and p- people who take uh, who take an opportunity, say, in the from the point of view of. Uh, making, you know, uh, economic or social use of our, you know, bi- biodiversity and the habitats, you know, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. th- th- those type of things. Yeah, we're so looking for ideas which, which will stack up uh, and which, we, you know, will will sort of, we, 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 we're not necessarily always looking for things which will in themselves create two, three jobs, because, you know, that can become a bit self-defe- self-defeating. We do want jobs. We want to see, set, set the groundwork and, and set the, the, the context that, People can come along themselves afterwards, you know, mm. and you know take it to the next stage. So we're 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 happy to be trailblazers and pioneers. Yeah,
2: presumably there'll be a bit of mention of that again on the event on Thursday afternoon, four o'clock at Ballykeith I believe it's due yeah, to start. four
3: hopefully. o'clock at We have sent out a number of invitations. Are all our members, one hundred and fifty community group and small business members, they've all been invited. But also other people who aren't members, everybody is, is welcome once they let us know they're coming. Because obviously in this COVID time, we have to know. Yeah. Uh, and Irish people are not great at RSVP as, as they potentially know. Yeah,
2: or they'll say so they'll go and then they won't. And uh, they just cover yeah, yeah. their options. Yeah, yeah. The option So we, we open,
3: so yeah. we, we need to know uh, aside line. from aside from making sure we don't have too many too many and or people or,
2: uh, yeah, if people want to book in uh, to it uh, yeah. Declan that that mightn't have got uh, any correspondence from you. How can they do that?
3: We, we ring our, our main office here for the easiest way, or which is oh five six seven seven five two treble one or our, our, our uh, email, which is info at cklp.ie, and right. somebody will get back to you straight away.
2: Brilliant. Look, uh, I hope the, ex- the event is a great success. Um, I love the choice of venue, and I hope the weather is kind to you, so you, you'll, get a great um, you'll get a great buzz out of it out there. The forecast is looking
3: good anyway. Hopefully, we get it. You're very welcome. i look forward to seeing you yeah. there, Morris.
2: So lovely to lovely venue to have something like that on anyway, Declan. And, uh, thanks for joining us here in Community Radio, Kilkenny City. Have a great weekend.
3: Thanks very much, Morris. Bye-bye.
2: Take care. All the best. And that was Declan Rice, who's the Chief Executive Officer of uh, Kilkenny Leader Partnership, of course. So that event out in Ballykeith Amphitheatre... around smart villages and the ins and outs of that and what's involved and maybe some more information about how you can your yourselves or your organization can get hold of some of that two and a half million funding that seems to be available. Um you can either book in by emailing info at cklp.ie as Declan said or call their office zero five six seven seven five two one one one. Now at twenty two and a half minutes past five, I think it's near nearly time when I actually line it up, we're gonna be having to take an ad break, I think. In just the next few seconds,
0: we are Community Radio Kilkenny City 88.7 FM.
2: You're listening to Kilkenny Today with Maurice O'Connor on Community Radio Kilkenny City 88.7 FM.
4: We all want to stay safe and protect each other from coronavirus. We do this by cleaning our hands, social distancing, and covering sneezes and coughs. We can also do this by wearing a face covering. Face coverings help prevent people who don't know they have the virus from spreading it to others. They should be worn anywhere it's difficult to stay two meters apart, like shops or public transport, or when visiting anyone who's more at risk. Wear a face covering. Stay safe. Protect each other. See hse.ie for more. Everyone can join Ireland's fight against coronavirus by downloading the HSE's COVID tracker app. It helps reduce the spread of the virus in Ireland. While protecting your privacy and keeping a secure anonymous record of people you're in close contact with, it can alert you if you've been in close contact with someone who tests positive and helps us with contact tracing if you become ill. So, the more people who use the app, the more people we can protect. Stay safe, protect each other. Download the HSE's COVID Tracker app at covetracker.ie.
2: Uh, Welcome back to today's Kilkenny Today with Morris with you. Again, as usual, text number, and again, as usual, 0863537782. If there's anything you'd like to ask or comment on, maybe, uh, that you're hearing in the show, or even thinking back to the big jump, if you're listening in earlier on. Um, Earlier on today, I spoke to Tom Halpin, who's the head of communications for the Sustainable Energy Authority of Ireland, because they issued a press release a couple of days ago, Um, Just talking about the possibility of being able to save money, save uh, fuel, petrol or diesel, whatever, and save carbon emissions uh, while we're all doing all the new exploration of this lovely country of ours uh, while we're staycationing um, during the summer, or what's left of it anyway, between now and whenever most people have to call a halt to holidays because the school's reopening. But anyway, I spoke to Tom Halpin earlier on um, this morning and here's the conversation. Tom Halpin, uh, Head of Communications for Sustainable Energy Authority of Ireland. Uh, Thanks for joining us on Community Radio Kilkenny City. Uh, Not the first time we've been talking to you, but great to have you back. No, and thanks for having me on again, Morris. You're very welcome, Tom. Um, I see there was a recent press press release, Tom, uh, that was uh, exhorting or kind of encouraging people to make efforts to save and you mentioned uh, up to 10% on fuel use and cost and associated carbon emissions around the whole idea of driving, uh, while we're all uh, busy staycationing here um, before we get on to the details of how people might do that, um, rough, roughly, can you give us an idea, of like, what proportion of Ireland's carbon footprint nationally I- is accounted for by road use okay. of all vehicles? A great question, Mars. So, actually, about
1: 40% of all our emissions and all our fuel use... i uh, sorry, all of our emissions come from... Our energy-related emissions, I should say, come from transport. So, if you take it that all of our emissions two-thirds of them come from energy use, and 40% of that comes from transport. And then what's really interesting in that and why we put out these tips is roughly half of that comes from private motors. Yeah. So in a very large, in a very significant way, motors are responsible for a fifth of our energy-related emissions. And that, and we, it tends to sort of mirror the fact that homes are responsible for about another fifth. Yeah. So us as individuals, all of us collectively,
2: you and me, Morris included, are oh, part of this. Don't I know. And like <laughs> I, while, while, um, while a lot of people have been driving an awful lot less, just my own particular circumstances, I've ended up driving quite a bit more, and I'm very aware of it.
4: Yeah.
2: Um, uh, so there, there's plenty of tips anyway that I think you put out there in your press release around the idea of trying to cut down and maybe save up to, 10 to 10% of fuel use and cost, which, of course, is money in everybody's pocket, which we'd all want to, to, to have rather than spend it. Um, we might just go through them very, very quickly. Like, there's, there's, some of them seem, like, very ob- blindingly obvious, like you keep your car maintained, for example.
1: Yeah, and, and you know, that's the, the, the tips are designed... Uh, we, we put the tips out because of the, the fact that people are maybe getting back behind the wheel and going on longer journeys, so the savings might be a little bit more. These tips apply all year round, uh, whether you're commuting or going on your staycation. They also... The tips will not only save you money and energy and t- emissions they'll actually make your journey safer for the most part mm. and more than likely make it less stressful. You started there with maintenance. Main, get, having your car maintained, not only does it help you get through the NCT, it makes the car safer and more reliable. And when it comes to fuel consumption, why does it impact on fuel consumption? Well, it's, if it's properly lubricated, you know, if the if lubricant is properly topped up and all that, the engine will run more smoothly. Uh, and if the wheels are aligned and the brakes are properly... Uh, functioning, then all of that means that the, that the way in which the car operates will be more efficient. Yeah. There's one and bit of, ca- sorry. Go ahead, Snow. there's, no, one, there's just... one bit of car maintenance that pe- everyone can look after themselves, and that's the tires. I was just going uh, to
2: say, yeah, tire pressure.
1: Yeah. yeah so. And stage. The Road Safety Authority always recommend that people keep a really close eye on their their tires. They recommend once a fortnight, once a month, depending on your mileage, you do a regular check of your tires. You should check to see that they're not wearing unevenly. You should do a check to make sure that they're well within the range for the the, the, or the tread depth. Why is that? The tires are the only parts of the car that are in contact with the road. If any one or more of them is defective, your chance of you know having more serious accidents if it comes to it are, are, are increased. But also, when it comes to tire pressure, the tire pressure is a, a designed tire pressure that the, the manufacturers have said, this is the ideal tire pressure for the size of the car, the width of the car, the length of the car, the weight of the car, and all of that. If it's lower than that, what happens is the tyre splays out a little bit or spreads. Much like if you're cycling on your bike, you'd notice that the tyres, when they're running flat, mm. that increases the contact with the road. Now, you might say that's actually a slight advantage, uh, but it can actually impact on its ability to spread, uh, to actually push out the water. So you, you, the tyre pressure is designed so that you get the optimum contact for pushing water out when it's on wet surfaces. But also when you increase that uh, surface area, you're e- actually increasing the drag of the tires so that the car would run less efficiently. So yeah. we just say, get out, check the pressures. Some people ask, where do you, how do you know what the pressure should be? More than likely, if you open your driver's door, a little label on the left-hand side that gives you a small little table that says front and back uh, with an average load and front and back with a heavier load. If you're going to staycation, that's probably the heavier load, you know, with a few suitcases yeah. in the back. The grown up kids
2: in the back bikes, maybe, and bikes ran, on the yeah, back, yeah. Roof yeah. Sometimes at the, the tire pressure our numbers are on the fuel, um, That's right. fuel cap as well, aren't they? Yeah, it's yeah. a handy place because you'll always see that. And a lot of modern cars
1: as well have tire pressure monitors as well, which is really good, and you know, that gets us over the hump of not having to think about checking the pressure because the car will tell us. It doesn't get us over of the hump of checking the the, uh, the quality of the tyre or yeah. the, uh, the
2: condition of the tyre. So yeah. you, mentioned, you mentioned that like, obviously yeah, this is around people going on holidays and one of the things, and I've seen it so many times even out of holiday seasons, um, people go on holidays, they maybe put a box up on the roof, they go mm-hmm. to where they're going, they take everything out of the box, um, but they leave the roof rack in the box up on the car. and yeah. like, uh, yeah. A car with roof racks on it, um, is, is obviously creating a lot more turbulence isn't it? And no
1: it absolutely is and you know one of the great things that uh, I should say in terms of a small silver line that came out of the, the uh, lockdown was a lot more people were buying bikes and I have to imagine that people going on their staycations will throw a couple of bikes onto a rack on the back of the car which is great for the short, short little trips you know go out for a cycle, great for your physical well-being, your men- mental well-being and no emissions on short journeys Oh, I, exactly as you say, when you arrive at the destination uh, and you've unloaded the wakeboards and the hurlies and the footballs and all of that, the roof box and the bikes are off, take the racks off because they'll tend to increase the drag on the car and it could be about as much as 20% the increased yeah. fuel consumption for those journeys. So when you're off doing your day trips around the Cliffs of Moher or down around you know the, the, the water or wherever you're going,
2: It'll definitely increase the fuel consumption. Yeah, that's a that's a big that's a big difference. It really is yeah. a big difference. Yeah. Really is yeah. a big difference. And there's um I think you were you were talking about um also journeys and stuff um I in a, I noticed certainly in my own car now it's ten years old and maybe something to do with that, um but it it's um. It's not the best uh, when I'm starting off. If I'm if I'm taking a short run somewhere, the fuel consumption goes down or it goes goes up, and I can see it on the dashboard, which is good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But you can see it there, uh, and it kind of it gets better once it's warmed up a wee bit. So, so yeah, well, cars are a bit like
1: humans. You know, we don't we we need a cup of coffee or tea inside us to get us going, and we're we're a little bit slow to get moving and to get all the bits working together. And it is the truth, like, a, you know, when you start the car off, the, the oil is all sitting in the bottom, and until it comes up, everything is running a little more clunky. And that's why we do strongly advocate. And this is one really for all year round. Avoid short journeys in a car if you can. Now, obviously, if you live rurally and you have to get to, it's five miles to the local shop, you have to make that journey. But what you can do is combine short journeys into a number of, you know, combine a number of short journeys together. So you know, if you think about, if your listeners think about what they might be doing tomorrow, I'm sure there's someone out there who will get up in the morning, need liter leisure milk in the newspaper, and they have to drop some child to football at eleven o'clock. They have to nip to the DIY to get a you know hammer, a saw, and a screw, mm-hmm. and then, but we tend to do all those sequentially, three short journeys, and each yeah, time you're you're on. using, you go home, and those short journeys are far sh- harder wear and tear in the car. Uh, higher fuel consumption, higher emissions, and really, we need to be more considerate in that regard. it to our our pockets, but considerate to others as well with those emissions. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we it, it comes to that point of idling as well. We we suggest that once you get into a car, drive off immediately and get going. Uh, don't uh, use that as the time to check if the car yeah. if the bikes are strapped
2: on. Of course a lot of the newer yeah. cars as well that they'll have um, engine cutoffs if you do kinda of yeah. stop at a junction and stuff, which obviously saves quite a bit, oh, bit.
1: there it's, it's great. It's a bit
2: unnerving when you first get into it. Oh don't know my yeah. first car with that, I was there going, Oh no, what's up to happening, you know? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, It's well worth, well worth getting used to. So, yeah. and plenty of things, I suppose, the people, most of them are common sense as well, Tom. And then I suppose the whole other world, as I'm sure yourselves and your colleagues in the Sustainable Energy Authority of Ireland would be hoping to encourage people and to be able to support people with um, with grants and stuff to uh, to move over to electric vehicles or at least yeah. hybrids.
1: Yeah, there's loads of information on our website, seai.ie, about the tips for motors. But exactly as you say, Arthur, you know, a lot of the tips are specifically to... Uh, petrol and diesel cars, you know, that thing you deliver them the warming up. But the ones about the drag and the ones about the, you know, they will impact on the battery range. So if there's anyone out there who in the next few months is thinking about changing car and particularly buying a new car, we strongly urge people to think about an electric vehicle. The, the higher price that people generally are scared off by will definitely be offset by the savings in uh, energy costs. The, the savings are massive. You could probably reduce, on average, reduce your energy costs by sixty, seventy, even eighty percent, depending on where you're doing your charging. And most of the time, we recommend to people do the charging at home, and we give a grant not only for the car but for the uh, for the home charging unit. You charge at home it means you drive home, plug it in, wake up in the morning, you effectively have a full tank. A full battery, not a full
2: tank. Mm. And so you can electricity, and that's save mass massive. So yeah. if
1: anyone's interested in the information about the tips or electric vehicle grants, or just how to go about looking uh, looking for an electric vehicle and booking a etc all the details are on seai.ie There
2: you go. That was Tom Halpin, who's the head of communications with the Sustainable Energy Authority of Ireland. And as he said, all the info about electric vehicles and grants and indeed all the other grant schemes that the SEAI operate are all on their website seai.ie so um, thanks to Tom Halpin for taking that call from me earlier on this afternoon now it's now 20 to 6 about time we took another ad break and we'll be back hopefully with um, Stephanie Hanlon of United Against Racism and Carla Pilkenny, um, People Before Profit
0: We are Community Radio Kilkenny City 88.7 FM
2: you're listening to Kilkenny Today with Maurice O'Connor on Community Radio Kilkenny City.ie. Welcome back. It's now about sixteen minutes to six o'clock here on Community Radio Kilkenny City. I'm still with you, Maurice O'Connor, and today's Kilkenny Today, and delighted to be. Although I'm looking forward as well to having a lovely evening out, uh, at least experiencing the weather, maybe been out in a bit of the fresh air for a bit after I leave the studio here and after I do leave uh, at the top of the hour of course we're going to have The Angelus at 6 o'clock The Community Diary and then a repeat of Keolse Kishtin with Sharon Okoside and uh, 7 o'clock of course Communities in Action with Paul Brophy will be in and then Big Man himself Seamus Brophy will be with you later on and John Moore with New and Old School Dance Classics so that's there yeah, Friday lineup. No parish news of course, we haven't had that for a while, but we will bring it to you as soon as we can. Um, but joining me on the phone now and I'm um, very glad to have her with me and uh, thanks for waiting and uh, we did have difficulty trying to get through to my next guest, uh, Stephanie Hanlon from People Before Profit, Carla Kilkenny and, and more importantly in this the context of this conversation from a group which uh, some listeners may not have heard about, Stephanie, United Against Racism, Carla Kilkenny. You might start just by telling us about, about the group and its background and why and the wherefores.
0: No, that's perfect. Um, Hi, Morris, how are you doing? Thanks for having me on. And um, yeah, so United Against Racism, it was set up a couple of years ago uh, by Mehmet Uladag, and we're uh, a national, a national organization. And we're just, you know, we have been involved in setting up local branches. across across the country um, in local areas, to, as originally as, as um, part of projects in relation to, like, direct provision, in relation to kind of supporting, you know, people marginalized and affected people in the community, you know, um, every single thing you can imagine from, you know, holding parties and celebrations to, you know, um, supporting people building house, you know, it's just their community organizations mm-hmm. and it's great to have that kind of, you know, uh, national kind of, you know, network of knowing, you know, oh, you know, uh, there's so many against the United against racism here and you know being able to kind of connect
2: people who uh who might need that support yeah there's a big so, bit of um, um, there's a big bit of just thinking back to one of the slogans to be nearly more appropriate to our previous show the big jump, where it's all about think global and act local but the whole uh, death of uh, george floyd in the united states at the hands of the police is a, is a real que- is a real case case in point of that whole think global and act local because we have had black lives matter um Protests and rallies here in Kilkenny ourselves and all around the country. So you're 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 kind of tapping into that awareness raised um, that has been raised over the last few months. I I presume.
0: Oh, definitely, 100%. We one of the big um, one of the big things that we would do is definitely uh, awareness raising as well. And you know, contrary to the name, we're actually you know very much in 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 relation to the group we are involved in combating homophobia, sexism, Islamophobia, ableism. You know, we're more kind of you know. in in names, United Against Racism, but it it really takes on an all-encompassing kind of, you know, grassroots kind of community collective to kind of, you know, um, you know, fight against discrimination and inequality. And in in relation to um, the protest in the wake of George Floyd, I mean, we were absolutely honoured to be asked if we'd come out and support and stand in solidarity with the organisers of the Black Lives Matter demonstration in Kilkenny and we said you know anything we can do to support you and we, we did on the day we you know it was mainly the kind of technical stuff like you know masks and, and gloves and you mm. know speakers and um marking out the the ground but it was whatever you can do that's that's the importance of you know of community really and I think as you mentioned it's definitely the think global act global kind of mindset that's I think it's proven more than ever now especially with COVID-19 um it's amazing that you can be able to you know have a conversation and you know within a couple of minutes you know you're talking to a person in Sydney or Perth and they can have the same kind of you know wow we're it's crazy times we live in we're adjusting to the new normal and everyone has that kind of commonality that's bringing us together
2: Mm. And I suppose everybody who's, in a sense, not us, in in the the broadest use of that word, can can be the the subject or can experience some racism or discrimination of of some sort, you know, and you're not part of the mainstream population of wherever it is that you, you live um mm. the, the, so, so i I it's that as we mentioned the George floyd thing like that happened months and months ago and there's a huge upswell of, of opinion and kind of protest and anger and uh, about it and the response over in the united states and that's kind of it's kind of died down a bit so you're you're organizing an event this weekend so um before we get onto to the details of what the event's like what's what's the driver for it now here well the driver actually you know
0: it's 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 been something that has been in the pipeline for a long time so ideally it would would have happened last year you know or the year before but um i think this year when we came together i mean you know as you know yourself with work with you know everyone's a member of like volunteer groups or organizations a lot of kind of physical events have been put on hold a lot of things have been put off and i think particularly in the wake of you know uh, black lives matter protests and you know, the outpouring of community spirit as a result of COVID-19. And, you know, the fact that we were chatting to so many people in our own local areas, our families, our communities, who were saying, you know, this is our summer, our summer's kind of gone. You know, we thought, like, why not bring our community together in the heart of any City, and we can, you know, just stand together for about two hours and listen to some poetry and some spoken word from, from our locals, and, and just kind of, you know, kind of stand there and be there within that kind of message of, you know, uh, community solidarity and kind of celebrating our community for what it is, it's beautiful and it's diverse and it's multicultural mm, I and think, uh, yeah. I think I think that was essentially when why we decided you know, summer is good because well a lot of the organisers would be off work or they'd be taking breaks, so we'd be able to organise it and also anyone who was interested in, vol- in, in getting involved, we contacted them and we had to kind of check out to see if they were free and if they were able to engage with the, the COVID-19 guidelines we'd put in place to get down safely and that kind of thing
2: mm. um, it, I mean you took the words right out of my mouth because I'm just looking at um, the a lovely kind of graphic that you, you attached to the press release about this game, headed Afro style, and it, uh, it's a good compliment to whoever the graphic artist was who does it because it's so clever. Um, but it did kind of come across to me as um, really just a, a celebration of diversity, and that's exa- I think that's exactly the way you, you described it. It's not a it's not a protest. It's not a. Um, you know, it's not March or anything as as people kind of understand that. It seems to be more uh, very much more celebration. So just tell us about the details of what's what's gonna happen, how's it gonna run and uh, what, what can people expect to um to find as yeah. they go along?
0: Yeah, definitely. Um and then you're dead right. Um so you know, we have actually it's amazing. The lineup has grown and we're we're quite excited. We're look, we're all looking forward to it on the day. So we're starting off um around two PM. So we're gonna have um A layout in in the parade and we're gonna have a sanitation station so people will be kind of you know asked to pop by the sanitation station make sure they have their masks if they don't have a mask they'll be provided by one we have gel we have you know facilities there for people to you know clean their hands and um, then we have the ground will be laid out with markers we have cones we have uh, chalk for the ground and we're asking people to please please adhere to it if they do want to participate in the event in, in person which we would love um, to just, you know, um, listen to the stewards and listen to the, you know, to the guidelines that are put forward on the day. And we're going to be starting off with, um, with a message. I'm just going to be very briefly speaking um, and delivering a message from uh, a wonderful woman, Zahar Muhammad Ali. And um, Zahar is a writer. She is a spoken word poet. Uh, she's an actress, and she's really up and coming on the scene in Ireland and also abroad. Um, Sahar went to, uh, she was born in Saudi Arabia and she grew up in Kilkenny and went to Loretta with myself and uh, she is amazing, she's fantastic, she's had TV debuts, she's written her own um, her own work, uh, she's performed at Vodafone Comedy Festival and I thought it was very very fitting that Sahar could open it up and send a message because she's currently living and working in Dubai so to send that kind of message of solidarity from from Sahar uh, to to Kilkenny would be just you know it's going to be nice we're really looking Lovely. forward to
2: that yeah so that could um, so
0: be it off. exactly exactly and just to emphasize like you said think global act lo- local you know so Sahara is going to be opening that up uh with her with her message to us and then after that we're going to be listening to House of Freak so there's a fantastic hip-hop dance uh group in Kilkenny and it's um uh, it's directed and uh, coordinated by Sophie uh, Mason. So we're really, really looking forward to seeing this. You know, everyone's been practising for the event, and we're just really, really excited for it. Uh, after that, we're going to have a selection of speakers. So we're going to have um, speakers from Rohingya, Action Ireland. We're going to have Tycho Mansoor. We're going to have Stephanie McDermott, and she's a lecturer in Carroll College. And we will have um, Liam O'Regan, and he is a poet uh, as part of the resident. Uh, Writers and Residence uh, poetry group in Carlo. so he's going to be coming down to speak at that and very very, um, I'm very excited to say that we're going to have Amanda Aid speaking so Amanda Aid is another very prominent figure and she's in Dublin and she's travelling down on the day to be here especially to speak and she's another spoken word artist mm. and she's just going to speak and uh, we're going to listen to her and she's, she's also a very, very, uh, she's been a very vocal and prominent figure during uh, Black Lives Matter so it's going to be amazing to have her down just to kind of, you know to show that support, in Kilkenny, I suppose, and as well to have that um, that amazing, you know, support from such a prominent uh, person as Amanda. We're we're delighted that she's coming down.
2: Is it, and an Emmer, uh, sorry, among the sorry? Among, among the the speakers that aren't Irish, then um, Stephanie, is there going to be a kind of a common theme around anything around reflecting experience of um, being victim of racism, or are you are you are, you, are you giving are you giving them basically kind of free reign to? Speak and uh, talk, or, or, you know, in, in whatever way they feel motivated on th- the day. I think, to
0: a certain extent, it's, it's, it's like you said, it's a mixture. of both. so, you know, it's a celebration of you know of life and of diversity and community and of everything that we hold dear in Kilkenny. I mean, Gothenburg is a beautiful city. Mm. Um, it's a celebration of that, but it, at the same time, it is it is very much you know carrying on from the Black Lives Matter protest, and it's, 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 it's it is we're happening. We're gathering recognition. Of the need uh, for a very inclusive approach, and that that continuing message of kind of community spirit to be extended towards people who might not have had the same voices and platforms um, in Ireland or in Kilkenny itself. That 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 you know. That were very much magnified during george floyd it's kind of wanting to continue on that you know within the community and um you know publicly and also as well as a chance to kind of connect people like support groups you know like just bring people together who are all the same mindset you know yeah. um into gokenny so i mean we're we're going to have some immersive dance so um uh house of Fleet is going to be uh finishing up and, and everyone's going to be you know invited you know just to kind of Copy the move, you know, within social distance guidelines, um, and you know, just to participate and, and join in. And uh, yeah, I think it's going to be fun. It's it's fun. the main aim of the day is laughter, really. Yeah, and, sounds and great. Definitely. Yeah, exactly, yeah. which we really need right now. And yeah. if people, you know, feel like it's fairly, um, like you know, if it's good for people to talk about their experiences and why they're happy that everyone's gathering here, their experiences of, you know, racial abuse or you know racism or in any kind of you know way bigotry definitely you know we 100 we're we're still welcoming people if they do want to speak they can get in touch uh through our facebook or instagram pages mm-hmm. and we'll have mm-hmm. a chat with them and, and see if they're they're interested I mean, and hopefully this won't. yeah
2: yeah it, it it does sound like lovely positive fun kind of entertaining event you're not protesting essentially about anything you're raising awareness and uh, entertaining and informing people um I I do believe you've had some negative reaction to um, some publicity online about the event um, which I don't know whether I should be surprised or shocked or not but um, can you tell us a bit about that Stephanie?
0: Yeah, um, well I was quite surprised to me now myself because we've been getting so much um, I suppose positivity and you know such a strong kind of response from the community and uh, and everyone involved i i was very surprised to hear uh, and to see some of the the comments and messages left on um, some of the social media coverage of uh, of the event and you know it is very disappointing of course this is always very disappointing especially because it's such a positive kind of you know um, community event um and, and and as you know yourself covid19 it is a fact of life it's it's part of the reality
4: of living every day
0: nowadays and it's it's part of the new normal but i know i know there are people who are definitely uh they're capitalizing on COVID 19 to um to put a damper on the event which is it's very sad to see but hopefully it won't dissuade people who were originally planning on attending from attending it's still you know we're we're, we're still going ahead and um
2: the same as saying nothing about us without us and you know we're still going to be here mm. Mm. and yeah indeed uh, i suppose um, i think we're all very familiar anybody who's kind of used to dipping in and out of social media are quite familiar as i'm sure you are yourself at how negative a space it can be and uh, i don't think any of us re- really would want to have a sense of perspective on it as well you wouldn't want your life to be ruled or judged or kind of dictated to by what you see about yourself or anybody else on on social media really
0: yeah, yeah, exactly, and I think that's just you know, at the end of the day, it's like you said, Morris. That's that's the best way to be going about these things. Is you know, you know, with, with that recognition that social media it can be a bit of a you know an echo chamber as well, and and it, it can be just an area where you know nastiness does gather and it does breed. But you know, it's when people actually come together that you know, if anything, that's why this is more important than ever, and this does illustrate the need for it. And mm-hmm. um, I think, I think. That really does highlight.
2: It certainly, I suppose it it, it may, anyway, I haven't seen any of the comments specifically myself. I'm not going to even bother going looking at them because uh, I think I'd probably have a a sense of what I'd expect to see. But um, it it does maybe suggest that there is some underlying problem and issue um, and challenge uh, about confronting um, some level of racism here in and around Kilkenny. Oh, definitely.
0: Definitely, I mean, racism, Kilkenny is not immune to racism. Mm. You know, it, it would be very, very odd if Kilkenny managed to be immune to structural racism. It's it's an inherent aspect of of Irish uh, society, and as as we've seen with you know the George Floyd protests and Black Lives Matter um, globally, it, it is um, it is an it is really uh, a severe issue that we need to uh, stand together with and, and kind of tackle. And the only way we can do that is is by um, by uh, working together to kind of break down those barriers. And you know. I mean, that is, in, in essence, nature of how, you know, society is, um, but there's ways that society can be, and I think that's one of the things, is Unite Against Racism, it, it kind of, it envisions that future, you know, and the possibility of people being able to kind of live together without, like, you know, without being afraid, you know, or, or having that fear from discrimination or intimidation or harassment, yeah. and, um, you know, it's only... If only by kind of engaging the community and getting involved and getting more involved in awareness raising that we can kind of take steps towards this
2: okay, it's and right. um I've got to let you go there Stephanie sorry we're just about to run out of time but I do hope that uh, it certainly sounds like as if the weather is going to shine on you anyway for Sunday and uh, exactly. hopefully the rest of the event uh, 2 o'clock on, uh, at the parade and it goes really really exactly. well and be uh, open and fun and enjoyable and you attract a good crowd so thanks very much for joining us Stephanie and how, do have a thanks great so weekend much, take care, all the best, that was Stephanie Hanlon, um, 2 o'clock Sunday afternoon the parade, anyway that's all we have time for today lovely to have you had you with us, I'm going to be back with you again on Tuesday, do have a lovely weekend It as it does look like as if the weather is Going to be great. Enjoy it.
0: We are Community Radio Kilkenny City 88.7 FM.